0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Gabby. Gabby
1: Hey there. Welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Welcome back to Dear Gabby. I could not be more pumped about today's big talk episode You know how my Big Talks go by now. You maybe listen to the Devon Franklin Big Talk, but it's pretty much me picking out the most unbelievable people that I would dream of having a coffee with. You know those awesome people that you want to sit down, ask them a million questions, have a coffee, chit-chat. Well, that's the intention of Dear Gabby Big Talk. I made a list of all the people I want to have a coffee with. I invited them onto the show for a deep dive spiritual conversation. There's no small talk there's only Big Talk. Get ready for an awesome Big Talk episode, my friends. I have sat down with my gorgeous friend, entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, the only dude I know who runs 100 miles for fun, Jesse Itzler. Throughout our chat, we cover everything from how to keep your marriage strong and kids engaged to literally channeling our grandmothers. No joke, we talk to them. We also talked about how we can live without regret. And Jesse reminds us that life is worth living and we all are capable of making the most of it. I met Jesse in my early 20s. It's a funny story, so you'll hear about that on the podcast. And yes, his bio is impressive, but what's most exciting about this guy is that he is an extreme optimist. He has had tremendous success in his life because of his extreme optimism. I hope that that's your major takeaway is just lean into optimistic thoughts, and expect miracles. Here we go. Get ready for my big talk with my boy, Jesse Itzler. Gabby. This episode is brought to you by Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food Public Goods is your new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. They use a membership model to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to their customers. Best of all, you can make your purchase with no obligation. I love how clean and simple their products are, They have no bright colors, nothing's mixed matched in the packaging. It's just beautiful. I've been loving their beauty products, and it's really nice knowing that no matter what I purchase, it won't contain any sneaky, harmful additives or gross ingredients. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. Also, one of my favorite things about Public Goods is that they plant one tree for every order and incorporate sustainability into every part of the company. I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. Receive $15, $15, my friend, off of your first Public Goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right, they're pretty much giving you $15. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Gabby or use code Gabby at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash G-A-B-B-Y to receive $15 off your first order. Hey, it's Patrick
0: Starr. I'm coming straight to you with my very own podcast, Say Yes to the Guest. I'll be hanging out with some of my fiercest friends and spilling some serious tea on business, beauty,
1: and being a boss-ass bitch. With me, baby, you'll never know what will happen. Find Yes to the Guest on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are played. Start streaming and downloading now.
0: And don't forget to subscribe because every Monday we're going in. We got so much to chat about. So turn it up and say yes to the guests.
1: Yes. Yes. So let's begin with this, Jesse Itzler. I got a list of people that I wanted to have as my initial big talks, and you were at the top of that list. And the big reason was, there's two reasons. One is I've been in hiding and I've been wanting to connect. Number two, I felt like there were a handful of people whose Instagram feed got me through the early days of COVID. And one of them was Devon Franklin, who I interviewed last week. His prayers were just guiding me through his gospel, the Devon preaching through the internet. And the other one was you and your family. Like I watched... You and Sarah take those kids on that journey through like every trailer park in this country. And like, I was like, that got me through, man. Like watching you and your family show up with such a good attitude was one of the most heartwarming things. I was tuning in like it was a sitcom. Like I was like, I got to get more. Like, what, do, what are they doing now? <laughs> so, you know, I just wanted to start by saying thank you for being a really positive force on the internet and particularly for me when things were rough.
0: Definitely. You know, the whole coronavirus, like it accelerated life for me. Mm -hmm. Everything that I wanted to do got prioritized. And I always wanted to go on an RV trip. I always wanted to have an RV. And as soon as that opportunity presented itself, I was like, I got to get out of the house. Four kids under 11. We're going to go on an RV trip.
1: And the other thing I actually wanted to say uh, is that I don't know if you remember this, I mean, I think you do, probably. But we really met twenty years ago at your house on the lake when I was dating somebody you worked with and he was like, Come to this lake house. Do you remember this?
0: You know, I was talking to Sarah about it and I thought it was through your through PR. I didn't was it who were you dating? Jesse, I don't remember his
1: name. <laughs> I hope he doesn't watch this. What was his name? He was one of your We're net. working
0: at Marquee Jet?
1: Marquis Jet's guys, yeah.
0: Steve Nickens? Yeah. You were dating Steve Nicken. Yeah. Stop it.
1: I was like 26. That's outrageous. And I remember, okay, here's the message of me forgetting that I was dating Steve Nicken and that it was, but I remembered you, okay? So obviously you made an impact. I rock up to your house. Like, I think I drove up there. He was already there. And I I pull up in like my beat up white Toyota Corolla. There's like crap on the floor. I probably had like, I think I had a box of of like quarters that I had collected in the car. And I walk up to this gorgeous house and I walk in and then there's this guy and you're like, you're like serious in the kitchen, like making, it was early and you're like making some kind of smoothie and you're like really serious. And like, you're like okay, guys, I got to, I got to go for one. And I, I walk in and I'm like, who's that guy? And he's like, this is the owner of the house. And he's, you know, he where I work for him or whatever. And he's like, yeah, he's running. He's training for a hundred mile marathon. And I just, I, I sat back and I was like, that's my kind of guy. That's my, an extreme person. I, we have to be friends.
0: (laughs) Gabby, so I don't specifically remember that, you you know, that moment, but I will say this, like every day at that lake house is five days in one. So if you were there, if we spent two days together there, we spent 10 days together because we crammed so much in. My life's the same way now. I was just telling somebody I'm 52, almost 53. So I'm about 10 years older than you or whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm 51. I'm 41.
0: Right. But um, I'm really like 250.
1: Totally. You are.
0: It's five days in one. And all that like cramming as much in started when I bought that house. Like that was a pivotal thing. You know what's crazy about that? I was living on my friend's couches for years. Like I was bouncing couch to couch to couch to couch. Then when I finally made some money, I was like, I'm going to buy my dream House, like my dream, really my second house before my first house. And all my friends, including Steve, were like, You're crazy, man. Why aren't you buying a place in New York? Like, buy an apartment. You spend right. all your time in the city. Right. And I was like, Because there's no value. Like, I don't want to get a small little apartment. For the same amount of money, I could get a lake house and a boat. So I bought this house. Everyone thought I was nuts. It was the best, probably, purchase I ever made because I have so many memories from that house. And here's one right now. You and I like linked up years ago because of this house.
1: And I'm so sorry to Steve Nitkin for forgetting his name. (laughs) Steve. I hope you're amazing, Steve. Yes, it was a life. It was. I mean, it was it was like uh, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, you know, or it was a really long time ago. Actually, no, I was sober already. So it was like I was 26. Yeah, I was about 15, 14 years ago. And, you know, I remember watching you because you, you also at the house do this thing called Hell on the Hill, which is you and your friends just run up and down the hill like 500 times. How many times do you run up and down the hill? We run up a and lot. down
0: the hill 100 times, but it's a lot.
1: I want an invite next summer to the, the Hell on the Hill. But the, I guess the point about that is, is this five days in one th- scenario because that vibe of who you are is why I dig you so much the let me squeeze every drop out of life mentality is something to be extremely proud of and something I admire and something that inspires me as a uh, as a human. So I just want to just talk a bit about like what your life motto is. Right. It's like I watch you and it it comes through.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all about building my life resume. I talk about it all the time, really prioritizing experiences and you know, the more you experience, the more you have to offer, and I think for anyone out there listening to this, Gab, that's like, you know, looking for a job or looking for that big promotion. I've always found that experiences, as crazy as it sounds, oftentimes are the gateway to that because totally. people are attracted to that. It's like it's contagious, it's infectious. People want to be around people that experience, that do cool stuff, that are pushing themselves. You know, and um, and they're living outside of routine. So. Mm-hmm at an early age, even when I was on those couches and I was younger, coming up, I always made sure, I always tried to over-index in experiences. If there was a conference, I would somehow figure a way to to get into the conference. If there was a big party, I'm getting into the party. However, whatever. And I'm still like that now, You know, just on a bigger scale, because now I can travel and I have more access. But that's just what I do. And It's led to a lot of amazing memories, a lot of relationships. And, you know, the last thing I would say about that is if I were to ask you, Gabby, like, you know, and you've had a crazy life, right? You went through a period of time, had to get sober, your career trajectory. You know, I'm curious about your childhood. But you go through this crazy, crazy experiences and everything. But if I were to ask you, like, what did you do in 2014 or 15 or what happened in 2018? Like, most people can't answer that. If I asked you, what you do eight days ago? Most people can't answer that. So putting something like one or two big, memorable, like I'll never forget this moment thing on your calendar is important, man. And if, especially as you, if you can start it early in life, you know?
1: I find it so funny because the first thing I thought when you were like, what did you do in 2015 and what did you do? And I was like, well, 2016 was when I remembered childhood trauma and 2018 was when I hit bottom here. Like I almost measure my life by these transformational moments while they may sound really dark on paper, like getting sober or or remembering trauma, or having a physical breakdown, or whatever. They were the catalyst for these major up-leveling moments for me. So while some people, their big experiences were like, I went for this major hike, or I climbed a mountain, mine have been like climbing emotional mountains. And I didn't realize how epic that that has been for me, and actually how it could seem like, wow, this girl's a real head case. Like she's, she's documenting her life based on her meltdowns. But, but it actually is really meaningful to me because I, I, I'm writing about it right now. And when you just started saying those dates, I was like, well, that's when that happened. And that's when that happened. But those happenings, I always love this quote. It's a ama uh, quote. When the eggshell is cracked from the outside, it's broken. But when it's cracked from the inside, it's reborn. And that, for me, is like these moments of being cracked from the inside to be rebirthed. And so even though I don't want to move forward that way, Jesse, I want to be more Jesse Itzler, less old Gabby Bernstein as I move forward in the next stage of my life, but in the sense of like creating really positive experiences. But I don't look back on those difficult experiences with anything but gratitude.
0: Definitely. The difference is that, you know, those two experiences that you mentioned, you know, in a way, not childbirth, but- we're out of your control. And I really emphasize that the experiences that you create rather than like, you know, things that happen to you. So I'll always remember where I was when during the OJ Simpson car chase or during 9-11 or, but I had no control over those things. Right. The experiences that I want to build are ones that I predominantly like ones that I control. And, you know, you still got time, man, because you're young forties, but as you get into your fifties and even your sixties, creating newness is really hard. Yep, It's hard, man. You got to schedule it. And if you don't, otherwise you just life happens and it goes. And then you're like, Oh my God, you know, the average American gains two pounds from 35 to six. Now you're 40, 50 pounds overweight. If you're a guy and you're 60, 70 years old and like, you can't do the stuff you wanted to do. And then you have like, you're living with like insane regret. I wish I did this with my life. I wish, you know, I wish I had more time and like, so I just don't want to fall into that. I want to prevent that. That's like a fear of mine that like I get to an age where like, oh, my God, I, I couldn't do that. Or even, even not even that, like even my parents, my parents, I'm going to see my parents tomorrow. My parents are in their 90s. They live in Florida. I live in Georgia. And, you know, are your parents alive? Mm-hmm. Where do they live?
1: They're in New York.
0: So you see them a lot?
1: Uh, yeah, ish. Yeah.
0: OK. How old did they get?
1: They're in their mid seventies.
0: Yeah. So let's say, you know, my parents are in their nineties and I live in Georgia. They live in Florida. So if I see them, I don't know, two or three times a year and they live five years, hopefully they live more. Let's say they live 10 years. That would be amazing. Live to 101. I don't have 10 years with them. I only have 20 visits with them. Wow. I only see them two times a year. And like, when I started thinking about that, that doesn't work for me, man. So I prioritize going down there like almost weekly. Wow, really? Not that often because of the kids, but in my mind, that's the goal. But, but I don't want to regret that I, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> Time is undefeated. Yeah. So I'd be insane to not get in front of that. So I don't want to regret that. So, you know, that, those kinds of decisions really drive me, you know, kind of like projecting out five years, 10 years, and then preventing stuff that i want to you know
1: so you're preventing regret how fascinating
0: there's only 3 kinds of regrets okay i mean maybe there's more but to me there's regrets that you can fix like i have a terrible relationship with my dad well then pick up the phone and correct the relationship if you want okay. to there's a relationship where that you can't fix i broke up with my high school girlfriend oh i regret that well she's married you're married like that's done you better that's just over. Move, you better move on And then there's the regrets that you can prevent. Like, I always wanted to run a race called Badwater. Well, I'm not going to do it when I'm 70. You know, if I don't do it when I'm 70, I'm going to regret it. So do it Mm now. Mm -hmm. You can prevent it. So those are the things you control.
1: I really appreciate what you're saying, because I actually do have a regret, which was um, when my grandmother was dying, I, this is actually a beautiful story, though. I do want to share this story with you. So when my grandmother was dying, I was at a stage in my life where I was really angry at my family. And not directly at her, but all of my elders, really. I was just, a lot of old memories were resurfacing. I was kind of in this place of feeling as though I didn't get the care I deserved. And I was just in a dark, dark place at the exact time that she was passing. And she lived only 45 minutes away from me at the time. And I did not visit her enough. Because frankly, being around my mother and my grandmother was very triggering for me at the time. So out of self-care, I was not caring for her. And I remember going to be with her close to the last days of her life because she had fallen. You know, she was very mentally well, but she fell. And when old people fall, it's no good. So I actually, I mean, I want to acknowledge that I actually don't want to say when old people fall because when Jesse Itzler at 90 falls, you'll probably bounce right back up. (laughs) But she was frail and she fell and she did not do well. And so I knew this was coming to the end. So I started to spend a lot of time with her in those last few days. And then about a week after the fall, I had to go lead a course. And I was sitting in my house and my team were with me and they were like, Gabby, get your bags together. We got to get on the road. And for some reason I was like, okay guys, but I need 10 minutes to meditate before we get in the car. And they were like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I need to sit down and do my meditation for 10 minutes. Just give me my 10 minutes. I'm like, okay. So I sat in my bedroom and I meditated. And as I was meditating, all of a sudden I felt my hand, sometimes when I meditate, I get like, I start to channel a bit and my hands started to go up to the sky. And I felt this energy lifting off of me, and my head tilted back, and I was looking up at the sky, and I look up, and it felt like I was sending someone off. It was just really beautiful, peaceful experience. And I dropped my hands, and I relaxed, and I walked out of the room, got my bags together, and the phone rang at my house, and it was my mom. And she's like, Grammy just passed. She just, she just left her body a few minutes ago. And I said, I know I was with her. So there's this feeling of regret of what happened in the human form, but that I can make up for it now in the spiritual realm. And even from the moment that she chose to leave her body, it was almost like she invited me to be there with her. And I share that because there's a little bit of the story that I have to tell a little further because it it gets even, it gets fucking crazy. Jesse, are you ready for this shit? Okay. So I go to the thing, I'm like, I, I, I believe that spirits can talk to us, take it or leave it. And I say, Grammy, let me know, give me a sign that you are good. Like that you got that you got there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That you're like that you're with Grampy. You're good. You got there. And so I go through the week, I'm teaching, I'm having these like moments of sadness and missing her, but I'm busy. So I can't really receive the message. And on my way home, I stopped at my friend Zoe's house. And I was with my girlfriend Jenny and Zoe, and Zoe kept saying, "Pick a card from this new card deck." She had like an affirmation deck, and she was like, "Pick a card, pick a card." And I was like, "I'm busy. I got to call Zach. I got to do whatever. I can't, cannot pick a card." So my friend Jenny says, "I'll pick a card for you, Gabby." Her face goes white when she picks this card, and she shows me the card, and the card has this elderly woman, almost like floating over a bridge, and the caption says, "Grandmother ensures safe." crossing.
0: Stop it. <laughs> Shut up. No, stop it. Wait, I got to hang not- out. With, I got to hang out more with you, man. This Dude. is like this is wild.
1: This shit happens
0: to me a lot. I believe it.
1: But I guess to circle it all back about regret, though. I mean, listen, Grammy's speaking to me. The circle it back about regret. I have that regret, but I can make you can make a living amends if somebody has died. And they talk about this a lot in AA. If somebody's died, you can make a living amends by doing something in their name or being a better person, as you know, in honor of who they are. Actually, Devon Franklin talked about this how, how his, his life choices have been to right his father's wrongs, right? So it's like we have these, these ways of, of making amends or making things right, even if the person has passed on. So I just wanted to tell grandmother, ensure safe crossing. <laughs> My new summer obsession is Olipop. It's a gorgeous soda that has the lowest sugar you've ever seen in a soda. It's unbelievable. It tastes like the soda I grew up with, my favorite being root beer, and it's completely free of crap. It's gorgeous. Unlike other sodas that are full of sugar, corn syrup, artificial ingredients, aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. Olipop is much lower in sugar than conventional sodas with only two to five grams of sugar from natural sources. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. I am all about my digestive health. All of their products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly with less than eight grams of net carbs per can. And they have delicious nostalgic flavors like my root beer. They've got classic cola, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla. Oh, it's so good. We've worked out a special deal for Dear Gabby listeners. Receive 15% off your purchase. I recommend trying the variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. So just go over to drinkolipop.com slash Gabby or use the code Gabby at checkout to claim this deal. That's D R I N K O L I P O P dot com slash G A B B Y. Olipop can also be found in over 5,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. And they are so confident that you will love their product that they offer a hundred percent money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. Go have some delicious
0: soda with no guilt. Wait, Gabby, while we're here, can you talk to my grandma real quick?
1: I might be able to. It's not even might. Like I can. These spirits come to me often when I'm doing the show, dear Gabby, when I'm doing the Q&As with people, their deceased loved ones just like want to talk. But typically what I hear is just like major applause. And like what I see often is like clapping hands, clapping hands. That's what grandma's saying. And she's just so proud. Well, she wants to say one thing. Did she ever like get try to get you to like kind of like slow down? am i right that's funny yeah there is a sense of slow of like slow down i don't know that's all i heard i'll let you know if she has anything else she wants to say to you
0: perfect and also if you can if you can channel those same powers and tell me what tomorrow's lottery numbers are tell me that too
1: you know i don't believe my gift is lottery numbers but but i do I do think that we all have the ability to channel spirit and that like your grandmother is always speaking through you. I'm sure when you're running, you hear things that maybe you wouldn't identify as someone else's voice, but like intuitive messages. Am I right?
0: Well, I mean, you're bringing up a topic, you know, I'm not super religious and I'm spiritual. Not You know, we have different kinds of spirituality, you and I, but we're both spiritual. Definitely. But I'm not super religious. But- Every time a, a plane takes off or a big moment happens, I always say like a little prayer, you know, and it always includes my grandma, you know, and my grandpa and Sarah's side, grandpa and grandma. So there is some connection of like me believing, like, help me out here, guys. Yep. You know, and I definitely feel that. So before every speech, everything. Yep. And it's yeah. The same. So
1: that you speak specifically to grandma and grandpa?
0: Yeah. I mean, I ju- yeah, pretty much. You know, so
1: whether you realize it or not, what you've done is you've actually identified that they're your guides. You've sort of kind of acknowledged that, like when if you're on a flight or you're about to give a talk and that's who you call on. Perfect. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. I've been doing it yeah. for years. It's amazing. So very cool. I'm fully well, bought into it. Yeah,
1: you're bought into it. Yeah. And, and listen, I mean, I think that like living with a sense of guidance can actually be really heartwarming because we don't feel like we're so alone. And uh, everything that you do, all of the things that you do, running, experiencing, let's just call it, let's give it like the gerund of experiencing, is all in the pursuit of this force of joy, which in my opinion is actually how we channel. When we're in that place of joy, that's when we can hear that voice of inspiration. So, like Wayne Dyer, I know your wife loves Wayne Dyer, but he used to say, when you're inspired, you're in spirit. And so when you're running or when you're experiencing. Is there a sense for you that there's like this like through line for inspiration to come
0: through? Oh, definitely, definitely. That as well as, you know, I think people listen to, they listen to you on, in many ways for all different things. Some want advice on relationships or spirituality or business or, you know, you offer a wide variety of topics and coverage. And, but the one thing I think everybody wants to feel like the one commonality is like humans want to feel accomplished. They want to have a sense of accomplishment. And so that's a big part of what drives me in business and running in parenting in my you know, in being married, you know, I have like a big responsibility to my wife and being a son, like all those things, you know, success to me isn't just isn't wealth. I mean, that's a a part of, I guess, a lot of people's definition. But success to me is being good in multiple buckets. It's right. being, you know, right? It's being like a good friend, the good father, good at business, healthy, charitable, philanthropic, you know, showing up, all those things. I want to be good at all those things in mm-hmm. all those buckets. And I want to feel a sense of accomplishment in all those buckets. So what you're talking about, yes, definitely. But that's like a big driver for me.
1: One of the things I also admire about you that is like a probably major, it's not probably, it is a major life accomplishment that most people don't ever nail, but you nailed it, is that you're extremely unapologetic about your self-care. Definitely. Unapologetic about, what is it, three hours a day you spend just by yourself, right? Is that correct? 10% of your day, I've heard you say.
0: Yeah, because, uh, well, it's not all at once. It's cumulative. You know, because there's a lot of reasons. First of all, I feel like if that was stripped from me, like if my wife said to me, let's just take running. I like, I like to run. You can't run this week because we have to do blah. And I need you to come here and we're going to go to the opera and blah. And you, I would be like, I would resent my wife. Mm-hmm. And if I took away what she loves to do, she would resent me. And if my mm-hmm. boss took it away from me, I would resent my boss or my work. I don't want to have resentment. I mm-hmm. feel like if I take prioritize myself and take care of myself, I'm a Better boss or employee, I'm a better parent. I'm a better husband. So that's really important. And then the second thing is like you and I. We both are, I believe, really in tune with our own intuition. Like that's our superpower. We trust our instincts. I've always trust my instincts. Like it's a good guy. I like this guy. Or my hair sticking up on my. I don't. I don't want to be in business with this guy. That's intuition. And for many of us, our intuition's been stripped because we were influenced by too many inputs. Like we have our outputs, what we share with the world, but then what about our inputs? What, do we list, what music are we listening to? What mentors are we listening to? What books are we reading? What ads are we watching? What movies are we watching? Those are all inputs that impact our own intuition and how we feel. Yep. And for many of us, you know, the only way to really be in tune with your intuition is to spend time alone. Now I'm not saying you gotta go live in the Himalayas and, and be on the top of a mountain you know, all day alone. I think it's really important that you spend some time alone. And and also they asked Richard Branson, you know, like what was his biggest reasons of success? There's a lot, there's no silver bullet, but I heard, I didn't hear this firsthand, but I'm sure it's true. One of the things he said was going to the gym. He didn't mean doing dumbbell curls. Mm -hmm. He meant like prioritizing himself, the discipline, the consistency, putting himself first, treating his health first. And, And you've heard me say this Gabby, but like if you had a zillion dollars and, everything you could want in the world and you're on a vacation at Club Med or wherever you go and you have a sore throat. Every time you swallow, all you think about is getting rid of your damn sore throat. You're not thinking about your billions or anything. That's just a sore throat. Right. That's nothing. That happens like you get six of those a year. Like that's how important health is. Right. And so, you know, self-care and health is a lot, right? It's like health is your philosophy, your friends. Your wellness, you know, your fitness—it's—it's like health is a bigger discussion, but um, I would never neglect that.
1: I like that you just included friends as part of health. We don't really think—I've never heard anybody make that suggestion—and I think it's really important. During COVID, it's been really weird for me to like, like, see things and people differently, and you know, just having to sort of address what I think about my connections to others.
0: All the blue zone books about blue blue zones yep. longevity. There's so much research around community, and yeah. So I mean, to me, my community—it's a different world now because a lot of stuff is digital or whatever. But I still have a tight community. I think that's a part of health. You know, I make it a point to invest, and I use the word invest about five minutes a day. I mean, that's like nothing to, to call it an investment. To reach out to my friends. It could, and I, you know, in five minutes, I can hit five friends, one a minute. So yep. over the, over the course of a year, that's 1,500 people I could hit. And I'll just reach out and like one way, not two ways. I don't want anything. And I'll just hit them, Gab, what's up? Thanks for having me. Checking in a month later. Hope all's good. Gab, that thing about your grandma really hit a nerve with me. Send, you know, that's connection. And mm-hmm. um, I keep that. that, that's a big part of my, lifestyle. I wouldn't even mm-hmm. call it habit or routine. It's it's like it's lifestyle. Mm. And it, and it's a priority to me.
1: Well, you know, it, it is accurate because even us sort of being casual friends, which hopefully will become closer friends as we hang as, as when I come to hell on the hill, but uh, <laughs> when I spend my day running up and down a hill a hundred times with you, but I did experience that from you. Like you would DM me. I remember like, the early days of doing Dear Gabby on Instagram, which is now it's turned into a podcast, but doing that on Instagram live, you were like front row and center, like, but like, cheering me on like, yeah, girl. And I like saw you in the comments. I was like, Jesse, that's said my comments, you know? So it's just, I just want to really acknowledge that what you're saying is absolutely true that you show up energetically for people and that's a lot, but it sounds like you've created an environment and a community that does the same for you.
0: Gabby, I love rooting for people. I love it. I feel like it comes back to, to help me. I love it. Why wouldn't I, mm. you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, I don't, so yeah. I, and I love supporting people that are doing good things or that I'm a fan of. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of, you know, what you speak about and you and your journey and what you've been able to accomplish. You know, like people don't understand. It's hard to go from here and get out of that. Like when you're spiraling, it's hard, man. And you know, so I think it's super inspiring to so many people. But even that aside, I, I just like you. So of course, I was going to go in and 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 still do.
1: You're the best. Now, here's my big question. This is my big. I've always wanted to ask Jesse this. So you and Sarah are so much fun. And by the way, on this show, I don't read bios up front because I don't want people to create an idea of like who somebody is based on their credentials. I just want them to get to know you. And a lot of people listening already know who you are, but for those who don't, this is a gift that I'm not reading your bio and I'm and I'm not even going to talk about how unbelievably successfully cool your wife is, but the fact that what I love most about her and watching you and her together is the extreme level of fun. Forget your credentials, forget your successes. The two of you are in the pursuit of just unbelievable fun, man. I mean, this is what I see and I believe it. I don't, you know, some people you see on Instagram, you're like, that's a bunch of bullshit. That is not how I feel about you guys. It is so real. It's just fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I signed up for. That's what I want. Everybody wants to be happy and humor, fun, not taking yourself too seriously is, uh, you know, a big part of it. I grew up in a fun house. My dad owned the- uh, Yeah, my dad owned the plumbing supply house. Nothing fancy. My mom stayed home and took care of four kids, and we played board games and we did things as a family. My mom didn't doesn't fly, so she has a fear of flying. So we didn't really travel, and if we did, we drove wherever we were going, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we created a lot of fun, and that's carried over. And I think that I'm glad you brought that up because I am an entrepreneur, and I think fun. People don't understand that business could be a lot of fun It should be a lot of fun, especially if you're going 40 hours a week, you know, you're spending so much of your time awake at work or working. I want it to be fun. I want my home to be fun. We flip the traditional like dinner model. Our dinners are like a variety show. I just emailed my assistant yesterday and I was like, can you find me the best Simon Says expert in the world? I want to be the best Simon Sayser that I can get anyone out in like three moves.
1: Is there a real Simon Says expert?
0: I'll let you know. She's like, that's what this week's task is. I want the best. If I say, put your hands on your shoulders and I put my hands on my head, I want everyone to be able to put the, I want, you're out, Gabby, you're out. Because we play play Simon Says at dinner. We play Freeze. We have a jukebox, like a little like um, record thing. We have dance parties. Like it's a celebration. It's literally, and it's something that I, I used to not really I want to say love because I don't love big meals. Like food to me is energy. It's not Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I have a different relationship.
1: You definitely have a unique relationship to food. Yeah.
0: And now like family dinners are like, I mean, it's like, it's super fun. So it's an event. It's an event. And it's like the kids love it. It's memorable. They ask every night. Are we having family dinner?
1: Is this every night? Is it every night?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, unless I'm traveling or Sarah's traveling or something happens pretty much every night.
1: Did your kids ever watch shows when they were little when they were eating?
0: Eating? Like, did you
1: yeah, at dinner, you never gave them anything, right? They were always like a family dinner.
0: No, we have a no-device rule at dinner.
1: Yeah, I am like such a conscious parent. And then, like, somehow my kid like found his way down like an Alexa YouTube hole. He's two and a half. Found his way down an Alexa YouTube hole and like. Will not sit down. Like, it's almost like 5.30 rolls around and like, he starts going like this. Because that's his sound for Peppa Pig. That's how he says Peppa Pig. He goes. And like, so I don't know. I need a parenting expert to like help me undo the Alexa addiction at dinner. Because like we have a little Alexa TV thing. Because it, it's heartbreaking, you know. It's, but we're not really eating that early at this point. So like sitting down to a family dinner wouldn't be. But like I would sit and talk to him. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to undo it. I'm really good. At, I was really good at sleep training him, but like, I got to almost like untrain this behavior. It's no good. It's really no good.
0: It's going to change, obviously.
1: Based on their age. Yeah.
0: We weren't having, our family dinners looked a lot different when our kids were two and a half and three, but now at 11 and six, you know, 11, almost seven, seven and almost six.
1: Yeah. They can hang out.
0: Totally. And participate and they do skits. Yeah. It's, it's fun.
1: I, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have uh Simon says dinners when I am when my child is off of Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I wean my child off of Alexa. <laughs> totally,
0: totally. Family freeze is even better. Oh my daughter's like a freeze expert.
1: Oh my god, Tepper.
0: Tepper. That girl.
1: She is a real, real magical person. So you got these kids, you got this really fun wife. And you have so much joy in your life and you're in this pursuit of joy every day. What bums you out? What's like a what's a bummer for you? Not that I want to like bring down the vibe here, but I just want to <laughs> just want to get a sense of what does Jesse Itzler get frustrated by?
0: I've had people in my life that have disappointed me that okay. I've really supported and I thought poured a lot into the relationship and then got disappointed by it. And that really bums me out. Like if I feel like I'm super loyal and then someone shows you know, an area of disloyalty, that bums me out in a big way. Yeah. And, and, and like, it's hard to get over like anybody else. Right. I'm sure we all have people that like, so people can disappoint me, but you know, Gabby, I'm not, I'm not a glass half full or glass half empty guy. I've always looked at it. Like, I'm so damn happy. I have a glass, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way I kind of approach things. I let things roll off me I don't feel like I'm seduced by money. I think I'm driven by the right stuff, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like potential. You know, someone asked me about my son the other day and my brother, and he was asking how he's doing in swim. He's a pretty good swimmer. And I said, no, he's doing okay, but he doesn't have that like eye of the tiger. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care if he wins. And my brother's like, that's okay. As long as he's happy. And I was like, "Mm, not really. He'd be happy playing Fortnite every day and eating Hagen Daz. Totally. That's not what I want. I want him to live up to his potential, you know? And that's the same with me. You know, I'm driven by, I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't want to be the 80% version of myself. Like, you know, I don't want to all of a sudden get older and be like, yes, I I had all this opportunity and I took advantage of 60% of it.
1: Right. I don't
0: want that. Right. I take inventory every day. Like- Mm -hmm. There's rarely a day where my head hits the pillow at night when I don't think and be like, you know, did I blow this day? Mm. And anyone around me, you know, <laughs> come spend a day with me, Gab. It's wire to wire. Yep. It's wire to wire, man. Yep. And yep. um, and I carve out time. You know, the way I model my day now it's different than when I was starting a business and I had to work longer. And but I always carved out time for myself, and I've always carved out time for what since I'm a parent for my kids and my wife. I have a rule, like a basic rule of parenting. And that is I'm never too tired for my kids, period. Like I can't pour everything into my work, pour everything into a speech, pour everything into other, you know, working out. And then my kids come and say, hey, dad, you want to play checkers? I'm too tired. You want to have a baseball catch? Wow. Let's, let's do it tomorrow. So no matter what, and my wife, same thing. Like I'm never too tired for them. Otherwise my life, my life models out of whack.
1: That's really important for me to hear as a parent and a wife, because sometimes, you know, you're when you're creating a lot at once, it's easy at the end of the day to be like, hey, can like you do the bath time tonight? Or we 90 percent of the time my husband and I do bath time together. But there's times when you're like, can you do it tonight or can I do it tonight? And my husband's a lot like you. Like there's like I'm not tired. I will do anything for my son. I will never say I'm tired. And I think uh, you really just t- touched me there with that. Like you really moved me with that. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be too tired for Oliver. Thank you for that. That was big.
0: The other thing you just brought up is like if I'm, you know, if your husband's doing the dishes or something like this. You know, there's three main factors. There's several, but I think three of the biggest factors in why people, why marriages start to go sideways, mm-hmm. surprisingly, one of those factors. Is that the woman in a traditional man-woman relationship? The woman feels like, or the husband feels like, the, their partner isn't carrying their weight in the household. Totally. You know, it's like I'm doing everything. You're not, you know. So, and you, the other person is unaware of it. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? I set the table. I did, the, you know. Right. But it, it doesn't matter. What matters is how they feel. Totally. So, yeah, it's an important thing. So, you, it's funny you brought up like. The roles and responsibilities of, of that. And the other thing I thought was interesting, because uh, I, I was just talking to a marriage specialist in an interview, is the importance to check in with your partner. Yep. So, And not like a transactional check-in, like not like a 10-minute, did you take out the garbage? Yeah. Did you do the laundry? Yeah. Like an actual, like, tell me about your day. Yes. What happened today? You know? Yes. And so that's something that we schedule. We make sure that Sarah and I, you know, check in.
1: Yeah. My husband and I were in the city yesterday. We went to the city. We live part time in New York City, but we haven't really spent much time there since COVID. And we went there for 24 hours just to order order pizza and sushi and just sit in the apartment because we just needed to get into a different location. And we were kind of checking in, like, what would be good for you? What do you want from me? And he said, I want to just walk through the park before we go pick up the car to go back to the country. I just want to walk through the park holding your hand. And no phones, no phones. And I said, no problem. It was gorgeous outside. We masked up, walked through the park, just kind of took it all in, you know, from like the dog park piss smell to the, you know, to the the local East Village, everything that's happening. But it was beautiful. And it was probably like a 10-minute walk around the park. But it was, that was the connection that you need to establish for that day. So it's so much more about the quality of those moments than, you know, am I doing it all day long, but am I consciously making the commitment to do it? And it's easy. I mean, when when you're home with your loved one now, like a lot of people are home with their loved ones, it's like you can speak, oh, well, we're together all the time. Well, no, you could be very, very lonely and together at the same time. And you got to really make the effort to make that connection and that bond. And that's something. That's different for everybody. And it is a you know, key to longevity in a relationship. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more about that.
0: The other point I was going to say, Gab, is I, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's also really important. And again, this is from a marital expert. And I totally agree that the kids know that mommy and daddy come first. You know, you mm-hmm. always hear though, the kids come first, the kids, the kids, the kids, mm-hmm. the, kids. Mm-hmm. the kids have like, if mom and dad aren't right, it's not right. You know, right. and that's, if that yep. doesn't happen, the whole unit falls apart Yeah, and yep. the kids have to know, like, so Sarah and I will say it's date night. We have date night every Wednesday. It's date night tonight. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking mommy out or I'm going out with daddy and they have to understand like that is a priority. And, and that's a really important thing. I think that that message gets lost a lot.
1: Yeah, totally, totally gets lost a lot. And I think that it's very easy when you're juggling a lot to forget those moments so making it a priority and as like unsexy as it can sound to like schedule things in it's actually like really awesome because when you make those commitments you don't you, you just you can't skip them you can't you can't mess with them yeah, 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 yeah you've probably heard me talk a lot about saunas and how much I love to sweat And I'm absolutely in L-O-V-E, love with the company Higher Dose. Their portable infrared sauna blanket allows me to heal at home or on the go. If you don't have the room for a full-size sauna, the sauna blanket is so perfect. You can experience the powerful benefits of infrared and feel the difference just after one session. Infrared increases blood flow for faster recovery. It gives you better sleep, a calmer central nervous system. Plus, it's naturally releasing a dose of happy chemicals in the brain, leaving you feeling euphoric. I seriously feel so amazing and calm afterwards that I just can't get enough of the sauna blanket. The sauna blanket has an amethyst layer to deepen the benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions, a charcoal layer to bind to pollutants, and a clay layer which is balancing for the heat. And for those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool infrared PEMF mat. I actually meditate on my PEMF mat, and it combines the dual technology of infrared with PEMF for unbelievable recharging experiences. And PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field. And it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help promote your body's own recovery process. You'll feel relaxed, you'll feel grounded, rebalanced. It's so beautiful. Whether you deal with chronic pain, work out frequently, or just need a moment to relax or wanna lie on your PEMF mat when you're meditating like me, this is your brand. Get your own infrared sauna or infrared PEMF. Matt at higherdose.com today and use my exclusive promo code GABBY75 Gabby75 when you get to check out and you're going to save $75. That's higherdose.com exclusive promo code GABBY75. That's actually bringing me to something that I kind of wanted to wrap with, which is this story I heard you tell. So you went before you wrote your book about living with monks, you went and you did 15 days with no phone, with monks, meditating. When you came back, you told the story about what happened when you looked at your calendar. And this was really important for me to hear what you talked about. What, when you, and I want you to tell the story, but like you came back and you saw your calendar and you're like, wow, what was the wow? I mean, I just kind of want you to share the story because it was meaningful to me.
0: You know, I'm not sure exactly which part of that story, but I'll tell you how I feel about it now. I feel like For many of us, we play life on defense. Our Mm -hmm. calendars fill up with Zoom appointments and weddings and, you know, uh, meetings and lunch appointments and all this stuff that it's other people's requests for our time. Yeah. And it leaves very little time to do the things that we love to do. And that's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. When I turned 50, I said to Sarah, like, I'm flipping my life model upside down and it's going to be super simple. I'm just going to try my hardest to put as much on my plate of what I love to do with the people I love to do them with. Not, Mm -hmm. not every day can't Mm -hmm. be every day. I have to work, you know, like I have responsibilities, but I'm super aware of like what I like to do, like what makes me super happy and who are the people that make me super happy that I want to share it with. That's the gift of money. Like you you get to treat people that you love to the things you love to do. That's how I want to use my, Money. Like I don't, I don't have like fancy art. Like that's what I like to do. Nothing wrong with fancy art.
1: You got some good fancy art behind you, though. I'm telling you, I like this backdrop.
0: Oh, it's great. I had, a, yeah, I had a graffiti artist come and write my favorite rap song, Run DMC song. I used to represent Run DMC, and they had a song called "Sucker MCs" that changed my life. Like when I heard this song, I was like, I need to be in like whatever world. I need that. I need to know, like, what is that? You know? Mm-hmm. And this is the song. This is the lyrics to the song. I had a graffiti artist come.
1: It's kind of like a mantra. You have, like, mantra art. You have, like, like Run DMC mantra art behind you.
0: <laughs> I have all these hip-hop quotes mm-hmm. throughout my house from songs. So I'm inspired by music. And mm-hmm. when I hear a song, it could take me from here happy to here happy. It could take me yeah. back to a moment in time. And... I have all these hip hop quotes, like there's this reggae song called Here I Come by Barrington Levy. And every time I run, like if I have a race or like someone I wanna like said doubted me, I'm like, I play this, like in my head on my own personal jukebox. I'm like, here I come, man. All right, you think, that, you think that's what's gonna happen? Here I come. Like these mindset things, these mantras, wherever they come from are so important in my personal strategy and I rely on them. So this, you're right. This is something I come in here every day and it takes me to where I need to be.
1: Do you have a running playlist on Spotify that I can follow? Like, do you have a play? Like, do you have like the Jesse Itzler playlist on Spotify?
0: I love that. So I don't listen to music when I run. Right. I run hundred mile races with no music, but I do (laughs) have a personal jukebox, but I have like when I'm on airplanes, the music I should be listening to when I run to get me excited and psyched up, I have a, my own personal playlist and I will share it with you.
1: Okay. Oh, I get the personal playlist. Okay, thank you. I want it. I need it. I want it. You get to know somebody really well when you listen to their music. It's, you get really like, is this person super emo or are they like
0: really, you know, angry? It's eclectic. It's all. <laughs> or they
1: eclectic? Exactly. all over the board.
0: Gab, oh. can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. I'm super interested in what you were like as a kid. Okay. If you went to like, you at fifth grade to eighth grade, what was the audience in Larchmont that you were hanging out with? And were you shy? Were you introverted, extroverted? Were you creative? And what were you like? And did you have any idea what you would grow into?
1: Well, I was anxious and I was naturally extroverted, but felt very alone. So it was like this, this like need for connection and communication, but also this set, this feeling of like not being part of. So that was a big, actually a huge impetus for why I started what I do now. I remember I was 25 when I started speaking publicly and it was because I just wanted friends. I wanted people that were into what I was into and I wanted to have that kind of connection. And because I wanted it so badly, I knew I probably wasn't alone in wanting that. So I, I made a commitment to dedicate my life to creating it for other people. But the one thing that's sort of fascinating about me as like a, well, 13, 14 year old was I was the president of this regional youth group. So I would, and this came up in my last conversation as well, but I, uh, I was leading these spiritual weekends for Jewish kids all over the Westchester County, where we would come and like meet at like a local temple. And I would like lead the weekend. I was like this like weekend Sherpa with these kids. And it's funny. I often say to people when they're they're trying to establish what they want to do for their career, particularly an entrepreneurial career. I say, Well, what did you do by choice as a kid? Because I just look back and I'm like, the things I did by choice without realizing it became my career. And I was in the pursuit of a spiritual connection at a young age. I was a very natural leader and I was inspired to lead through a message that was empowering. That was a pretty cool look back and to say, Oh, wow, this was always in you. And it's almost like I always knew that this was what was needing to come through me. And uh, so I I appreciate that question. And, you know, I've been looking back a lot at my younger self as I've been writing this book that has a lot of backstories. And it's strange because some people may feel really connected to their younger self. Mine feels like a movie. My child self feels like a movie. Like I'm, I'm watching it on a screen when I think about it. And that has a lot to do with certain experiences from my childhood that that, you know, literally did make me dissociate, which makes you like, you know, see things like they're separate from you. But it is those moments of like remembering being in the in the youth group and leading those groups where I can remember being lit up and remember being the most me that I ever could be, because I was in my mission at that age. And so it's it's pretty fascinating when you look back and think about those things.
0: Are your parents together?
1: No, my parents got divorced when I was like 10 or 11, oh. 10 actually. Yeah, but they always stayed friends. My parents were always friends. So everyone's going to be wondering, what was it about this calendar thing? I'm coming back to the calendar. What you said, and this relates to the childhood parts too, right? Because... It, it will relate to you as a kid and what you did for what was joyful for you. But really, what you said that struck me was that you looked at your calendar and you realized how much stuff you were doing that really wasn't making you happy.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And also my to do list. So like I had this massive to do list. Like we all, you know, put are overwhelmed by like I can't believe how much I have to do. And I said to myself, if I lost this entire list, mm-hmm. like if it just the wind came and took the list and blew it away what would happen? And the answer is like, nothing. You figure out what the important things were and the other things that you don't remember, like you really didn't need to do them probably anyway. So, and I started to realize like, I'm worrying and overwhelmed by so much stuff that's like really not that important. And I have definitely made a shift into focusing on the things that move the bucket, have the impact in the biggest buckets in my life and, and saying no. Like in my 20s and 30s, I said yes to everything.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's something to be said for that. You know, there is Absolutely. like I was a yes for everything. Like when I was building my career, it was like I would be on any blog, any interview, any any Twitter, any whatever. I was like, yes, 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 because you're you're building. There's something to be said, for, that. but that you can't it's not sustainable.
0: No, I mean, that's a good time to say yes. But your 50s, yeah. your late 40s, 50s, it's a great time to say no. Yeah. And and that that's what I've done. I've really just prioritized, you know, you can't do everything. And just because something's an amazing idea, so like we have a lot of ideas, You're creative books, podcasts, new podcasts, live on Instagram, like there's a lot of things, man. And just because something is a good idea, especially when you get older, does not mean you have to do it. I have this amazing business idea. And I was like, Sarah, this is bigger than Marky Jet, which is my company that we sold and it was a great success. You know, I was like, this is bigger than marquee jet. And I went through with her. She's like, that's amazing. Like, that's a brilliant idea. Don't do it.
1: Yeah, don't do it. I was like,
0: what What are you talking about? Like, did you, like, this is what she's like, because do you want to get calls at one in the morning? Do you want to, and like, no. So like my life now, it's very simple. It's aggravation versus reward. I want low aggravation for the highest reward. That goes with work, people, everything. If it's high aggravation, I won't do it. Yep. In my 20s, I'll take the high aggravation. But now, I don't want it, man, even if it's high reward. So
1: I echo that. I'm grateful for that. I think that's a really important message because I always say do less and attract more. So sometimes it's like the less we're doing, the more we're aligned, the more that can come through.
0: And I have a similar saying, and that is more isn't better. Better is mm-hmm. better. Better is better. We're all wired for more. Humans are wired for more. Mm-hmm. Consumption, we want, like, we, you know, we accumulate, we accumulate, we want it, we want it. But what are all the people, when people get older, like you go to your mom for advice or your dad, because they're older, they're wise, they're the elders, they know it all. You know, but what's the one thing in common that most people, as they get older, do? They downsize. Yes. They want a simple life. What 80-year-old's buying a yacht in a mansion? Right. They don't want to deal with it. They want, like, I just, I don't need all yep. that. So it's like we're wired for more. But the reality is we want simple.
1: Yeah, I I really appreciate that as the kind of core message for this conversation, which is that the more we look for often is an external thing that we think when I get that thing, I'll be happy. But it's actually when I'm happy. I can choose to have that thing or not. And, you know, it's a really different perspective. Now, to close out this really good conversation that I'm so grateful I got to have because I'm filling up my my cup, which was so empty all of 2020, and now I'm filling it up with all these awesome conversations and connections, is I want to pull a card for you from one of my decks, okay? So I'm going to pull a card of the highest and best for Jesse Itzler now. What's our message for Jesse? And I'll riff on it for you. Oh, here, this is our card. I felt it. Okay, Jess, you got the best card. <laughs> when I think I've surrendered, I surrender more. Can you see that? When I think I've surrendered, I surrender more. So let me riff on it for you, okay? Yeah. When I talk about surrender, I, I I speak of surrender. A lot of times people think that it's a giving up, but in fact, I see it as a giving over. What we've talked about today and so much of what you bring forth is this, surrendered state of just giving over to the joy, giving over to the experience, giving over to the connection. And that actually is an embodiment of who you are. You're really, whether, whether you realize it or not, you're living in a pretty epic state of surrender. That's my experience of you. Because you're letting the experience show you what to do rather than trying to force it. And so I guess the message for you today is when you think you surrendered, surrender even more. Go for more, go for more.
0: Pull another card. Keep going. Keep pulling cards. <laughs>
1: All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more. And you think, you're like, I don't like surrender. <laughs>
0: oh, I like it. I like it. It's-
1: do you know that a lot of people, whenever I get on stage and I'm like, get them, One of the methods I'm teaching is like surrender. Everyone's like, literally, like thousands of people be like, uh, I don't want to surrender. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's see what this is. This is a good one too. My faith has the power to turn trauma into healing, conflict into growth. And fear into love. This is such a Jesse Itzler card. Let me tell you why. Let me say it again. My faith—it's a pink tree. My faith has the power to turn trauma into healing, conflict into growth, and fear into love. Now, why I think this is a Jesse Itzler card is because I think of you as an optimist, a extreme optimist. You are an extreme optimist, and I believe that that's been. The key to so much of your success and your joy in life, and that you've just been able to bust through any perceived boundaries because of that innate optimism. And so this faith that I'm referring to is power, the faith to turn trauma into healing, conflict into growth and fear into love. That's a daily devotional commitment to say, I'm not going to look at the tough stuff, but I'm going to see the opportunity in all of it." And that's a message for you, man, because that you live that.
0: I love it. Thank you, Gap. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate that.
1: I like that you wanted two cards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, want like, whole, like, I want the whole deck, but that's for another. I'll that's be for- sending
1: you, send me, send me your address. I'll be sending you tons of decks. Um, so, so Jesse Itzler, what I'm really grateful for is that the listeners got a sense to be with you and to feel the, the energy that has been a driving force for me throughout covid and get a sense of what true success looks like. Because on paper, if you look at your bio, you're like, shit, that man's successful. But really my perception of your truest success is the joy that you live and the fun that you have and the dinners, the the family dinners and the extreme sports and the self-care. It's just, I, I admire it. That's what I admire most about you. And you're a great power of example for me as a parent and a person, and I'm just so glad that we're friends.
0: I feel the same way, Gabby. And like, you know, we grew up in similar kinds of uh backgrounds, you know, in, in a sense, and we're connected through uh, so many different people and things. And I'm a fan and a friend. So it's just like for me, this is an overdue conversation. I've always wanted to reach out to you, and you're on my list too. So this is like two birds with one stone kind of thing. And I thanks for thinking of me.
1: If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you're truly committed to miracles. I'm really proud of you. If you want to get more Gabby, tune in every Monday for a new episode. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the guidance or special bonus episodes. Your experience of this show means a lot to me. So I really want to welcome you to leave an honest review. And you can follow me on social media at Gabby Bernstein. And if you want to get in on the action, sign up for a chance to be Dear Gabby live at deargabby.com. See you next week. Gabby.